and the big thing in this industry is also the opposition mindset. Yeah. And realizing that if we work together, we can facilitate a, a, a deal. Yeah. Like to help our both of our clients. <laughs> One of the best brokers I ever to- had said to me that deals generally fall apart for one for mostly for one reason because of the agents and so i never forgot that because at the time that she told it to me i was that agent and so i was like oh she's right you know i should have done this i should have acted better i should have done that and it would have went through and so i didn't i've learned through experience that my client comes first and it's not my deal it's 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 not my client, it's not my deal, it's the buyer and the seller, and the transaction is between them, and we're there to facilitate so that it it goes through and that each side is happy. Hey, Jack Lair down, Lair's Lair, Lair Podcast. Super excited that I get to have my amazing collaboration partner from all the way from Bel Air, Maryland. Welcome, Kathy Powell. Thank you so much. I'm blessed to be here. Thank yeah. you for asking me. So one things we one of the things we got to do is we got to listen to Shane, and Shane tells us to talk into this Dagburn thing. Oh, here. okay. So we got to get this a little closer. Yeah, okay, that's nice. Or you can move further away from me, but okay. I like you being close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking. Good all deal. Right. So Kathy, um, we have a little bit of a story. We got to meet each other a year and a half-ish ago, maybe two years ago, or yep. like nine years ago. I'm not sure what it was. No, like a year and a half ago. Okay, about yeah. a year and a half ago. Yeah. How'd that happen? What happened? Uh, we met in Vegas. Okay. So the real story is that Kay sent us a list. Of so, Kay, so Kay Fairchild's yeah. a coach in Tom Ferry. Yeah. Yep. So okay. she sent us a list and said, these are the people that are coming. And I looked everybody up, of course. Okay. And I saw that you were in Pennsylvania. So... When I first saw your picture, I was thinking, okay, well, because I've been in the business a long time, you kind of get an impression about people. So I kind of got a little bit of an impression. And then we show up. She came and she asked us to be there. That's I think it was, was it that Sunday? Or no, we weren't there that Sunday. Anyway, the last day we were there. She wanted the team to get together. It was an early morning uh, meeting with all of coaches, all of uh, K Coach K's clients, right? And I think it was like 7 a.m. in the morning. So it was crazy early. And so we're all there and she's putting us together in a group. And then I think you showed up a little bit late with this big QR code on the back of your shirt. (laughs) So just so you know. I did not show up late. I did show up. Um, a little bit. Okay. Okay, very good. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was out, you know, gambling a little bit that evening. Right. Or that night. Yeah. Into the morning. So the only reason I even said that is because I noticed the QR code. We were all around and I'm thinking, well, what is that? What, what's that QR code for? I didn't, Honestly, to be honest with you, I didn't know what a QR code was. I'll be really honest with you. Okay. So I see this big square on the back. So she has us all go around and talk about who we are and what we're doing and whatnot. And you were the last one. Mm. So what I remember is that I thought you were going to come off very aggressively when you spoke, like, you know, really kind of deep and you know just kind of just come out and but you were very I don't humble is the word mm. that's the word that that really struck me and it kind of struck me I like all struck me and then she had to prompt you to tell us more about yourself which struck me again and then she told us a little bit more about you and then you came out and told us about you 
something in that conversation made me say, I need to meet this person. So I remember that I went up to you and we started talking and there was another woman there. And when I left, I heard you say these, I knew right away when I met you, for whatever reason, I just knew you were going to be pivotal in my life somehow. I, I don't know, there was just some kind of connection there. But you wanted to talk when I got back. But when I left, I heard you say to the person, I'm so grateful to know you. And I am telling you, that just struck me so deep because mm. I'd never heard anybody in this business be so grateful and so humble to know somebody, mm. just to meet somebody, that I called my husband right away. And I said, I met a Caleb spirit. And a Caleb spirit to me is somebody who um, has a, in it's a, there's a story behind it, but it's of a different spirit. It's somebody of a different spirit to me. Mm-hmm. And it's also somebody who takes the mountain. Like there's an issue, you're going to rally everybody to do it and to take them out. And I just felt that about you. So I call my husband right away and I tell him that. And I'm walking away. So you said, call me. And something held me back. I didn't call you. Mm. And you called me two weeks later. And we've been, yeah. you've actually been my mentor, I think, or uh, somebody that I've really looked up to since that day. You really encouraged me during a really difficult time in my business to move forward to, I remember you telling me that I needed an abundance mindset. And what you also did for me is you told me, it kindly what I needed to do, how I needed to move forward. So I thank you for that. Well, cool. I think it was just like discovering who Kathy was, where mm-hmm. you were in your business, and the things you wanted to do to advance your business. It seemed like you saw something in me that I didn't see in myself at that moment. And I really needed somebody to see that in me at that particular time in my life. And you kind of did that with me and then sat down with me and you started encouraging me and sending me, you know, podcasts and things to think about and calling me. And I really appreciated that. I needed that at that time in my business. So let's fast forward to just about to today. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we all go through these accord discord parts of our lives where things are flowing, things are not flowing. And you've had some interesting things happen in your world. I'll use the word challenges, <laughs> uh, like the effed upness in life. Yeah. You know, you've had some stuff go mm-hmm. on. And it, it was interesting to meet with Kathy and kind of understand where you were. Incredible growth potential. I definitely saw that in you. And I was like, well, why isn't this person achieving at a way higher level? Because I know she can. And like, then they're just asking those questions and discovering that, you know, we've had some shit happen in our lives. Yeah. We all do. You, have to, you know, sometimes the, the black cloud tends to uh, go, go over top of us on occasion. You had a little bit of that going in your life. Yeah, I would say that's true. But like you fast forward here and to see the things that you've done in the last probably six, eight months. <laughs> holy shit. There's been a transformation. Yeah. It's, well, it's beautiful to see from the outside. You were the one that taught. When we met, before we met at Tom Ferry, we saw a speaker and he said something that I kind of grabbed onto. He said, fix the mind and the body will follow. Mm. Like fix the mind and then anything else that you want to do moving forward will eventually follow. And you kind of followed that up with me. So I knew when I met you, especially after our meeting and you were so candid with me about who you thought I was. Um, and, and actually I've, feel like you saw something in me I didn't see in myself. So 
I started fixing my mind. I said, you know what? I'm not in a space where I'm ready to be successful. And I realized also by going through Tom Ferry that or going, you know, through that that whole process that what I thought was success wasn't really what I wanted Mm. at some part in my life. So every goal I ever made for myself in this business may not have translated into a transaction that was, you know, high in numbers when my kids were younger, but it afforded me everything that I wanted to do with my kids because I had cancer early on when my kids were small. And really my goal, unbeknownst to me, was to always be with my kids at every step of the process. So it really wasn't to be a huge transactional agent. But now, I, I, when I met you, I was going through a process of, okay, what is my goal now? Because my kids are older. Yeah. So now I wanna do something I never did before. And I really, to be honest with you, didn't realize my potential. It was talking with you that I realized maybe this person sees something in me that I don't see in myself. Maybe I need to cultivate that. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things that I learned or discovered in the last year-ish has been um, that self-belief is critical. Mm -hmm. But having somebody believe in you is, I think, just as equally important. And finding somebody that you trust, respect, and, and maybe admire or whatever and having them believe in you. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it's them believing in you way before you believe in yourself. It is. But in the end, you have to do the work. And what I found is that you showed me the way. You know, what's that saying that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear? <laughs> That's how I feel. I feel like when I was ready, I didn't even know I was ready. But then I had to really work, do the work. And I think you know, we as agents have to look when we're not like successful in a way that we want to be. The question is, are we doing the work? And if we're not doing the work, then it really is maybe not the goal that we want. So we there needs to be some reevaluation because you're not going to be successful in this business without doing the work. It's just the way it is. Yeah, I, th- I think know? another nice thing that was pretty beautiful about us meeting is that in that little circle that we were there with uh, the coaches, um, Coach K's clients, coaching clients, (laughs) there was some really, there were some pretty incredible people in that, in that little circle there that you got to spend more time with too. It wasn't just like our relationship, but like Casey Jenkins will bring up because, you know, she's She's one of our incredible partners. Yeah, she's another one. Building those relationships and helping, Casey helped you with your mindset probably way more than you think. She helped a lot with the skill building. Right. She did. But even more so, I she definitely helped me with my mindset. And I, I thank her. You know, I want her to know that I thank her a million times over yeah. because she was there when I needed a shoulder. So there were days when I just didn't feel like getting up or days when I didn't feel like doing something. And seeing her do it yeah. gave me that, oh, you know, if she can do it. She's like I am. I can do it, too. You know, or at least enough hope to hang on while I was going through my hard time to say, okay, this is what this is what I want to do. You know, this is where she's at and this is what she's doing. And if I do this, maybe I'll get this. You know, so it's not even a maybe. If I do what Casey's doing moving forward, then there's no way I can't be successful. That's great. Yeah. So mindset. Let's let's focus on that a little bit. Some mm-hmm. things that I like shared with you and some things that we can do to help others that are maybe watching this that might be struggling or they might be at a really great level and they want to go next level. So number one, I would definitely start surrounding yourself with information, listening to the Ed Milet, listening to the different podcasts, feeding your soul kind of that 
um, energy that you need every day, that positive energy. And then my second thing would be to surround yourself with people. Like one of the things that Tom Ferry did for me, and I never went there for business. I, I never really went there for, say, um, real estate to learn more about real estate. What okay. I found there was kind of life coaching and that's why I went there. Mm. But what I found was so much more than that because I was surrounded by a different mindset that I'd ever been surrounded by before. I never valued the relationships within real estate the way that I do now, mm. you know, and the energy that you get by being around people who are successful. I don't know why I never valued that. Um, I value it incredibly now, though. It's it's definitely one of the things that I need in my life. So I'll, I'll agree with that a lot because mm -hmm. um, we believe, like those relationships and the things you learn from them. Mm -hmm. So like like our relationship, like it was a lot of like helping you with, with the lid. Yeah. And knowing that your heart's incredibly pure, like I just <laughs> knew, I, no I noticed this human that was just like wow, like oh, I appreciate that, big, like big heart there, okay. But we all like have these points in our lives where you, you just need that help, and I think when one of the things that I shared with you was, um, I believe, like getting to listen, listen to Ed Milet, probably mm -hmm. a little bit of Andy Frisella, maybe a couple other folks. Mm -hmm. There was one in particular about neutral thinking. Do you remember that by any chance? Mm -hmm. I, I know I sent it to you. I think you've you I've commented to on so it. Many you listened to it. Yeah. But it's also just like it's so easy to say, hey, like, be positive, be be positive. Yeah. It's a hell of a lot easier to be neutral versus the negative thoughts. Oh yeah. So one thing that I learned this year is that there's two things I learned about myself that I found incredibly interesting. Number one is I had a lot of fear in my life. Like my whole life was surrounded by fear of success, fear of not being successful, fear of talking to people or not talking to people. Like I just had all these fears. Yeah. And what I learned this year more than anything is that the only way to change yourself is to change the way you think. So every time I have or I recognize a negative thought, I do a little switch in my head like I'm turning off a light switch. And I think of a positive thought right. and or something that I want to to. Um, you know, produce m moving forward or somebody that I want to meet or how a conversation might go versus how it might not go. So I'm still, you know, I've done this for so long that I'm still doing it. Like it's going to, this is going to be a lifetime thing for me is that to really, and I'm teaching my children how to do that as well. Because what I didn't realize is that my negative thinking has impacted my children. And, and even though they're great and they think, you know, positively, most of the time I've noticed, I'm noticing more as I change that some things they need to change as well. Like my son said to me the other day, um, he bought a new car okay. and he said, well, I got to do this, this, because what if I crash it? And I'm like, what? Are you gonna... No, no, we're not thinking that way. We're going to say, well, you're going to drive it until you're ready to buy another one. Like it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want him to think, start pre-planning something that hasn't even happened. That's my negative thinking that I've passed on to him. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah, we can, so. we can spend all this time uh, mentoring and, and raising our children, but mm -hmm. they're watching. Yes, they absolutely are. They are watching and listening to us. Yeah. And yeah. rarely what we tell them, but more of what they see us yeah. do and talk when we're talking to others. They see it. Yes. They hear it. 
Yeah, we don't even realize that the tongue is so powerful that we're passing on generational things to them in ways that were passed down to us that maybe need to stop. So I want my children to see that at my age right now, that I'm the best version of myself and that I'm no longer surrounded in fear or I'm not going to let look fear is like a virus. It spreads everywhere. And I don't want that to spread. I want I really want, you know, more positivity in my life and in my business. So, yeah, yeah. What did they say with fear? Fall, or I, my buddy Dan, he's not my buddy, but somebody I listen to, um, he says, uh, what, false expectations appearing real. Right. And <laughs> I heard re- that. Real, and most of it's just made up bull crap in our heads. Yeah. And we call that, I like to call that head trash. Yeah. So we have this head trash by being raised by mom and dad, like, you know, Get a good job, um, you know all that stuff. Save your <laughs> right. save your money. Don't don't buy stuff. You know don't yeah. don't invest. Like you hear all this stuff, and you're like, <laughs> we did it with our children. Yeah. So when we were saying negative things, our ch- our children are hearing it. Yeah. And then then you hear it out of their mouths when you see you see it in their actions, and you go, damn, I need to make a change to not have that happen so that they can be in a better state of mind. Yeah, well, it also comes from experience. So one bad experience with a client doesn't mean you're going to have 10 bad experiences with 10 other clients. You just had one bad experience. One bad telephone call doesn't mean I'm going to have 50 bad telephone calls. So I need to, that's that's what I'm moving towards in my business. So Is there anything else you're doing to work on your mindset? Well, I, I, I'm definitely started listening to Joe Dispenza. Okay, great. So I meditate uh, in the morning every day. I have really changed my diet around, too. I have to be honest with you. I've, since we've met, I've lost 40 pounds. I've got to say that. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, know, I realized that in order to be successful, you have to change things that you know aren't really doing well by you. You know what I'm saying? So at one point I was doing videos and I could hear myself breathe. And I'm like, okay, this isn't, Uh, this isn't what successful people do. And I don't feel it's, it maybe isn't even what successful people do. It's not what I want to do. So once I started recognizing things that weren't working for me, I started changing them. You have to make your mind up and decide what do you want more? I don't, you know, I'm not a young agent, so I don't have a lot of time to waste. And I think that's the beauty of our age too, is that we start to realize, okay, if not now, when? You yeah. Know? So that's where I'm kind of at right now. That's great. Yeah. So your business, okay? Mm-hmm. So you have a team in Bel Air, Maryland. Yep. And you're licensed only in Maryland, yes. correct? Okay, good deal. Mm-hmm. And you're looking to grow that business. Yes. And we'll get into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there was, the, there was something that you did, and I want to be able to share this with everybody out there. I'm going to make sure Shane puts that on, on this video where – I saw Kathy Powell on a <laughs> Facebook um, video where you were riding on a bike uh-huh. to the sounds of what Mayberry? Yeah, was it uh, Andy Griffith? Andy Griffith show, show yeah. yeah. And I was going, <laughs> "Oh my goodness!" And it was like I shared it with Sarah, and we all saw it, and we were like, "Oh, there's there's something going on with Kathy Powell." Uh-huh. So let's talk about that. Like, what what made you do that? All right. Well, Kay said to me, and that's. That's our old, my old coach. But she said, there's not enough fun in your life. 
you know, I went through this really difficult time. And I think I've always, I'm kind of, I call myself a mid-trovert. I'm kind of an introvert and kind of an extrovert, but I'm middle of the ground. And I thought, okay, with everything that was going on, I haven't had a lot of fun. And I, ha- I want to bring fun back into this business. Yeah. So that's kind of what made me do it. And so I'm at this listing, and all I keep thinking is, if I lived here, this is like living in Mayberry for me. You know, mm. like, it's just like the perfect neighborhood, the perfect little town. And that's what made me do it. So I borrowed that bike. <laughs> and you hadn't been on a bike in like 20 years, 20, you said. Uh, gosh, it, and my son was laughing about it because he's 26. He'll be 26. And he said, Mom, I don't think I've ever seen you on a bike. And so it's got to be over 20 years, yeah. So you have a, a pair of, I think, yellow <laughs> sneakers on. Yeah. Like that's what I, I picture, yellow sneakers, uh-huh. um, riding on this bike. In a suit, Yeah. It's just, it's so much fun. Okay, yellow, no, you cannot be unhappy if you are wearing yellow. That mm. is the God's honest truth. That's my truth, okay? okay? Right. So I, about a, right before I actually um, started my business again, I had these yellow shoes. I okay. bought these yellow shoes and I took a picture of them and I said, I'm going on a listing appointment or something like that. And it got so much traction that I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to put these yellow shoes back on and go sell this house. And that's what I did. So let's talk about the traction <laughs> on social media that took place for uh-huh. you. Because you had people reaching out from all over. Yeah. Friend requesting. Yeah. Giving you comments. Yeah. Just loving. I Somebody... I don't even know if their friend sent me a message the other day that said, I love that picture. And it's a, I took a screenshot of part of a picture of me when you yeah. know, I had my legs kind of flying up. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Kathy had her legs <laughs> flying up in the air, for goodness sake. Yeah, I was trying to find the brakes. So she goes, love that picture. And were, I, were the brakes up in the air? No, I <laughs> forgot that bikes have brakes on the bottom and not on the top. So... I was looking, we're going, I was, oh, sorry. I was going downhill and I was looking for the brakes and I don't know. I just, and, and I think, um, TJ was going like this and the brakes were at the, you know, on yeah. the bottom side. That's how I found Your videographer was yelling, uh, <laughs> you better put on the brakes. Uh, they're down, you're, well, he you're was down your pedals. Actually, TJ is great. Um, he was laughing as hard as I was. So, mm. yeah. Okay. Well, it didn't end in an accident. Did no, it? no. I got the hang of it. Look, riding a bike is like anything. Once you do it again, you start doing it, you remember. And so then I started having fun with it. Um, but it didn't have any speeds to it. It was one of those bikes that just has that one yeah. speed. So getting up that hill, whew, told me I need a little work. <laughs> so that, like, was that the first time going back to video for you in a while? Yeah, I did a video. I love doing fun videos. So I did do one last year that was on a humongous unicorn. And it's so funny. My husband has a truck and the unit, we had to blow the unicorn up. And so it was on the back of his truck and we had people beeping at us and it was really funny. And I did do that one. Um, But I've been uncomfortable. So this was me coming out of my comfort zone. I've been uncomfortable to get in front of a camera. Um, I don't, you know, I go through the whole thing. I don't like my voice. I don't like this, but I just realized, you know what? Nobody really cares. You know, I care, but nobody else cares. And if I make somebody smile that day or give some information, then that's the, that's the deal. I think that's the thing for everybody here is that we get so caught up in the bullshit lies that we (laughs) tell ourselves, everybody's going to watch it. All going to be critical. And then when you do it a couple of times, or you do this a few times and you're like, you know what? I'm going to appeal to the people that I'm going to appeal to. And the ones that I'm not going to, 
uh, please turn it off. Yeah. Uns- unsubscribe and make it not part of your world. It's real simple, right? Yeah. We have an on off. You can mm-hmm. make a stupid comment if you want, whatever. Yeah. But I'm not going to let their problem become mine. And when you did that, <laughs> like done is better than perfect, but that, that I think that was actually perfectly done. Yeah. I actually like the videos that aren't perfect. So I didn't really shoot to be perfect in any This fashion. This is damn close to perfect. <laughs> like this is a killer video that just- More to come. <laughs> yeah. So now you did one uh-huh. and now you're going to do more. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah, I have a whole- kind of list that I'm putting together to kind of introduce people to the Baltimore Bel Air area yeah. um, in a comical way, but a serious way also. Give a, you know, do a little fun. All right, let's have some more confidence in that, in that last comment. Okay. Let's take out the word kinda and okay. say, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah, you're gonna do it. We're gonna hold you accountable, <laughs> yeah. everybody here. No, right? I'm absolutely gonna do it, yeah. Great videos, I'm excited to be able to see that. Is there anything else you're looking to do in marketing to? Share with Kathy Powell and how she can help someone buy, sell a home in in the market. Well, I'm going to do more of my everyday life. Okay. So kind of uncut, not professional. So I've been doing some of those, um, introducing houses before they come on the market. We've seen those. Um, Yeah. So my goal is to get more exposure, do more videos, get more comfortable and just be out there. Show people what it's like to be a real estate agent because really we're not selling anybody anything. Nobody wants to be sold a house or sold something, but they do want to know who you are and and they want to connect with you. And if they can connect with you and they know you're going to take care of them, then they'll buy with you or sell with you. Yeah, they, they want to see the human aspect. Yeah. And Kathy's an incredible human. Oh, so now you, now you just get to get, <laughs> be, be yourself. Yeah. The, the the worst ones I that I really truly hate in the real estate world is my new listing. Uh, yes, one two three Main Street, five beds. There's no story told to it, and it's just like blah blah blah. Right. Same old. Guess who we're doing this for? Ourselves. There you go. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't stuff. do the ones that have. You know, this is the one. Um, sold another house today. Like that's the ones that I don't really like because to be really honest with you. It's about the client. So I haven't done any of those either. You know, I'm just trying to do more informational. What, what are we providing? What do we have? If you have questions, like, you know, I'm all about helping people. I genuinely love to help people. And honestly, I genuinely love new agents in this business. I genuinely love um, helping them get past. I mean, look, when I came into the business, which was 19 years ago, they handed me a stack of books this high and said, go sell real estate. I didn't know how to write a contract. I didn't know. It was just, and nobody shared. There was no camaraderie or sharing in the industry as a whole. And I just believe that my generation or people who came in when I came in started changing that. And now we need to go even further. You know, yeah. There's enough business. If you're willing to do the work, others aren't willing to do it. So there's enough business out there to help people. What are some things, again, before we get into you know building your business, mm-hmm. what are some things that agents should be doing for their clients and maybe like what can they do to help people in this market um let's say to help people well there's i mean there's really so much that i think that answering questions that's a given but um I mean, mar- honestly, marketing is is really important. Even though we have a ton of buyers, yeah. you know, we get paid to market houses. So, 
don't cut back on the pictures, don't cut back on the videos, don't cut back on stuff that, that your clients expect, because the more people that you reach, the you know, you don't know what's going to end up happening with the house and how much it's going to, you know, somebody would purchase it for had they seen it in enough time. You know, yeah. so that's one thing I would say being there, constantly being in touch, calling, making sure you're checking in. Your clients should not be calling you and saying, hey, what's going on with this transaction? That's a big one. I think being there for your client is the number one thing um, and being accessible um, and setting expectations in, mm. in advance for them. Yeah, the expectation setting is critical. Yeah. We call it upfront contracts in our world. But yeah. being able to like have the difficult conversations and yeah. letting them know what it could look like if this happens. Right. And then if this happens, this is going to take place. Yeah. And a lot of us are afraid to have that conversation. Well, and don't jump ship. I mean, when things happen... You know, I've seen it where, you know, you can't get in touch with somebody or you, you know, all of a sudden it gets hard. Don't jump ship on your client. Make sure that you're there, you're steering. You know, ultimately they make the decision whether you're turning left or right. But you should be there guiding them and never jumping ship on them. If they're mad, it's not about you. The question is, what is it that you're upset about and how can I make that better? I mean, you can't please everybody, but you should be pleasing most people that you're, that yeah. you're taking care of. And remember, they feed housing clothing. Your clients feed housing clothing your family. If you don't treat them like that, then you really shouldn't be in this business at all. Mm. So you you have a small team that mm -hmm. you're looking to grow, make it a little bit larger, and you know, like we all want to grow our businesses. Yeah. Most of us do. Yeah. But that's that's your next step, right? Yeah, I want to bring some new agents on and really teach them how to do this business right. I have okay. a video up. Uh, that I did that somebody asked or my photographer asked me why why do you want to grow a team and I said I want to teach people how to fish like I want to teach them how do you do this business the right way not only for yourself but for your client as well mm. yeah that's pretty simple yeah so you <laughs> you're really attracting newer agents mm -hmm. newer licensed agents yeah that's um, what I would like like but let's just say I'm in the industry five years and I'm really looking for that mentor that somebody's been in it and and want to go to the next level is that somebody that you're open to having a conversation with? I would be, but I real what I'm looking for is somebody who's willing to come out of their comfort zone. If I'm coming out of my comfort zone, then I'm expecting you to come out of your comfort zone. And I'm testing myself in ways I never thought that I could. I yeah. mean, I you know, I have a I had a fear of making telephone calls. And it's not a fear that goes away right away for a lot of agents, but it is one that you have to work on and it is one that you have to be committed to getting over because yeah. it and what I'm finding out is it's not about making telephone calls it's about having conversations that's what I like how you say that it's yeah about having conversations and the conversations the, that can lead to a face-to-face -face, yeah face-to-face um, -face, you know eye-to-eye -eye, belly to belly so we yeah. can build relationships and I don't get as nervous right now as I used to I mean I've had text messages that I never would expect to come to me. Yeah. Um, some not so nice and other ones really incredibly nice. So I don't let the ones that aren't so nice get me down like they used to and stop me from moving forward. Yeah. So, yeah. I think you have an incredible mentor in Casey where um, I, I love what she says, make your day burn <laughs> phone calls, something like that. Not quite like that, but you know, yeah. a little bit of that Richmond, Virginia right. twang. Yeah. Just a she's, test. She's, has no fear of making her darn phone calls <laughs> yeah yeah and i want to i really wouldn't be like that um that's really my goal is to be like that and did not i mean really 
I need to get that mindset of if somebody gave me their telephone number and their email address, then they need my help. If they don't need my help, then they can tell me that they don't need my help, you know. And and really what we do is we reflect how we would treat some maybe my reflection is that I wouldn't pick up the telephone call. Mm. But I wouldn't give you my telephone number and my email address unless I wanted you to call me. So I started ah, kind of thinking about you that. You know what I'm saying? Like I really am not the best person to compare having a telephone because I wouldn't give you my telephone number or email address. But if I did, then I would expect that you would call me. So that's kind of what's changing my mind a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I remember having that conversation where mm -hmm. you don't feel like you have the ability or the right to make that phone call based on head trash that you've had sitting back here going, well, I don't want that people making right. that phone call to me. Well, you're not the yeah. one that put in your phone number. Right. Uh, you're not the one to put in your email address right. and your name, but somebody did. I was surprised because I was talking to Beth about this, this is our buyer's agent. And I said, if I'm going on an email, I usually give, like I have a an email address that only is for junk. I'll give you that email, but I will never give you my telephone number. Would you do that? And she said no. And I was a little bit surprised by that. So she is somebody who would give you, but she also doesn't have the same fear that I have about calling. So I think it is a reflection of how I would address something versus how somebody else would, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. it does. No. So making phone calls and prospecting, is a is, is it now a big part of your business? It's becoming more, okay. I have a lot of repeat business. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's becoming a bigger part of my business. And and reason is really honestly because I want to get over it. I want to get over this one thing that has really held me back. And so that's why it's becoming even more so. So out of the roughly 1.6 million licensed real estate professionals in this industry, the amount of folks that I get to talk to and meet that either we have a conversation with or are interested in joining our team or whatever, and the amount that say, well, I, I don't like making phone calls. Like, <laughs> do you like taking phone calls? All right. Eh. Um, I don't like texting. Okay. Um, I don't like emailing. Yeah. So what, what, what do you like about real estate? They like watching HGTV. Yeah. You know. The last thing I want to hear an agent say to me, and I, tell, I used to tell, I had a bigger team and we kind of downsized when we moved, um, is do not the question was why do you why do you like being in real estate yeah. and the first thing i said to them is please do not put because i like looking at houses because mm. look when you've been in this business for a year and you've worked with buyers that ends you've looked at look you look at 500 townhomes it's kitchen in the front kitchen in the back or kitchen in the middle but they're all laid out pretty much the same way so you have to have a heart for the person. You have to want to serve. It, this isn't a business about looking at houses. And honestly, with the way the market has shifted since I've been in the business, people have, they have all the information available to look at the house. It's accessible. Yeah. So when I came into the business, I hate to date myself, but we didn't have all of that. Yeah. So. You still had a book maybe back then, real close to that time. I was real close to that time, yeah. not. Yeah, we didn't have GPS. I know that. Yeah, the maps. <laughs> we'll ride past the house, back up, come back around, ride back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. So. <laughs> the good old days. Yeah. So, again, growing the team, looking for new agents mm -hmm. that really are, 
want to go next level and grow their business, but also are coachable and moldable. Yeah, I want them to be have a heart to serve, uh, willingness to learn. I would like them to be able to come out, want to come out of their comfort zone, and I want them to have fun. Those are the things that I really want in an agent. Um, the, everything else really just comes naturally with doing it. Real estate is a repetitive business. You do it over and over again. Every deal is different and it changes, but you gain experience, the basis from doing it over and over again. And if you don't do it over and over again, you can be in this business 20 years and still not know how to do real estate. I yeah. mean, I do, I see it all the time. You can have somebody come in a year and do 70 deals and know more about real estate than somebody who's been in it for 20 years that's only done 100 deals in 20 years. So. Right. We were talking about our team meeting that yeah. uh, Kathy was a part of earlier. Was, when it's the two people that are the most frustrating, the brand new agent who didn't get any mentorship and is trying to put a deal together and yeah. you're, you're trying to help them through it. Or the other agent goes, I've been in this industry for 25 <laughs> years, Kathy. And I'm like, and, and almost every time in that scenario, you look at their stats and they sold three houses last year. The blind squirrel found a nut, like, you know, in yeah. 2020, yeah, 2021, where, you know, if you weren't writing contracts, you weren't alive. Well, here's the thing. And I've been in both, I've been in both arenas. Yeah. So, you know, I've had years where I've done very little and years where I've done a lot. So, and it doesn't mean that I do or I don't know. Um, but what I did, what I have learned is that very successful agents or people who know real estate will never, ever give you their numbers. They will never, ever call you and tell you, or if you're having a dispute, and, and very seldom do you dispute with very successful agents because they know how to get along and they know how to work yeah. um, with, you know, to get the deal done for the client. So very few times will they ever look at you and go, well, I do 100 deals this year. I've never had a successful agent you know, say that to me. So if somebody says that to me, then I'm cautious right then and there because it says to me, you're not as successful as you're telling me you are. Or there's some other stuff going <laughs> in their life where yeah. they, you know, they have small, you know what, syndrome and all the other yeah. stuff that's just like... But generally, yeah. you're yeah. not... I mean, honestly, success starts up here. Yeah. So no matter what your numbers are, you're you're definitely not acting like a successful person because they would never do that. Or so, very few people I've ever met that are successful would do that. Well, and a big thing in this industry is also the opposition mindset. Yeah. And realizing that if we work together, we can facilitate a, a deal yeah. like to help our both of our clients <laughs> one of the best brokers i ever had said to me that deals generally fall apart for one for mostly for one reason because of the agents and so i never forgot that because at the time that she told it to me i was that agent and so yeah. i was like oh she's right you know i should have done this i should have acted better i should have done that and it would have went through and so i didn't i've learned through experience that my client comes first and it's not my deal it's 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 not my client it's not my deal it's the buyer and the seller and the transaction is between them and we're there to facilitate so that it it goes through and that each side is happy that's a very rare attitude by the way in my experience and talking to different you know, sides of relationships yeah. uh, with different uh, agents. And it's really a lot about them. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you have a high fallout rate because a agents aren't, they aren't willing and able to have the difficult conversations with their clients yeah. to manage expectations. And then if they can't do that, imagine having that conversation with the other side, the agent. Yeah. And you never want to, 
talk to your client about, I mean, it, it does happen. I'm not going to say that it doesn't happen or it hasn't happened, but I am very mindful not to be negative to my client about the other agent. And the reason why I try really hard not to do that, and I'm human, so of course it does happen. Um, but I'm always reminded why that's a bad idea, because then the parties start to disagree because they have an idea or they yeah. conjure up in their mind what the other agent is thinking or the, what the buyer is thinking or the seller is thinking, and they don't even know the person. So you can't have your client conjuring up this image because you have a disagreement or you don't agree with somebody. You know, it's just it's not the best way of dealing with it. Yeah, because sometimes they're thinking that the seller, like if you're a buyer and the seller, well, those a-holes, like they they, they they knew that this was in the house and they didn't disclose it. Right. So now they're pissed at them. And then you make a comment about their agent. And right. guess what? Now they have a second person to be pissed <laughs> off. And then potentially a third one because of the stuff you're spewing. And another situation, and these are how these deals get killed yes. because all of this negativity and people were afraid to have a real respectful conversation and realize that can we all just be on the same page and get on the same team yeah. to help facilitate this transaction? Yeah. Again, I had a broker and she was very good. <laughs> she used to say to me, if I came to her and I'd say, you know, this is happening and that's happening. She said, who do you represent? That was the question. And I'd say, well, I represent the seller. And she's like, okay, well, what do you have to do? And then every time I go back to her, she'd say, who do you represent? That was the first question that she would ask me, but she wasn't asking me just to find out who I represented. She was asking me to remind myself that what I was doing had to be in the best interest of the client that I represented. And so I always appreciated about that. And when with my uh, agent, uh, Beth, I do the same thing with her, but I also don't want in emails, well, my buyer said blank. I always say to her, no, he's not your buyer. You may be representing him. It's the buyer and the seller. Because once yeah. you start saying my buyer, you take possession. It be, there's an attitude to that, that, you know, almost, and, and I do believe in being an advocate for your client. I'm a big advocate for my clients. So in my mind, I know who I'm advocating for, but I, you know, it's just it's just a bad mindset to get into. It is. Yeah. It is. Anything else we want to share with those out there about Kathy Powell and your team you're growing? You no, know, we're just we're looking to have fun. We're looking to be successful. We don't want to, um, you know, we want to grow. Yeah. Um, but we want the right people on our team. So I'm willing to grow slow. And uh, yeah, so I think it's a great team. I think we have a good culture, and we're just gonna yeah. kind of. Um, build on that culture. I think Kathy's yeah. an incredible human that just really gives and pours in I to others. That. I appreciate I definitely ex experienced it on my side. Oh, well, I appreciate yeah. that. And the same here. I feel the same about you. I've, I feel very blessed to have met you. And I feel that I was guided to meet you at the time that I that I did meet you. And I've told you that a million times. So Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful that you came into my life. Like we got to spend that time in Vegas at like 7 a.m. when I shouldn't probably have been there. Cause, <laughs> again, Gambling, having a few beverages the night before, all night long. You know, about. it's it's funny. I'm going to say one more thing. That that was another pivotal experience because the night before we were there, I um, met another agent in my area who is very successful and an introvert. Okay. And that was very surprising because in this business, you get told, oh, you have to have, you know, you have to be an extrovert. You have to be this high I or this high D. And this person was not like that at all. Yeah. And, and, and just let me say this again, very successful. 
And he just, at the end of the day, he said, I'm going to take and have dinner and I'm going to relax and like rejuvenate. And that, in that moment, I accepted who I was. I said, you know what? I'm not going to be the one with the lampshade. I'm not, I'm not really a big drinker. Yeah. I'm going to go and have some dinner and just kind of relax. And it, it, that again was the big thing about being in that energy was that you got to meet all kinds of people who just were successful and you could look at them and say you know what i don't have to be the high i or the high you know extrovert i can do this business well my way yeah so yeah so. it's funny the extrovert comment so i was with my 15 year old son and we went we went to a comic-con event and like it was interesting to be in this in this arena with all these these folks that are like dressed up <laughs> dressed and i was like up, it was yeah. my first time ever going to one <laughs> And he says to me, he goes, Dad, I'm a so-and-so. And I don't remember the word. And, and I go, what is that, Lane? He goes, well, Dad, that's I'm half introvert and I'm half extrovert. And I go, wow, that's pretty cool. I said, do you know that I'm an introvert? He goes, there's no way. <laughs> I, know, I, I see you it. speak. I see you. I see your podcast. I'm like, Lane, did you watch my podcast? Well, I've seen it. I'm yeah. like, okay, thank you. He didn't subscribe. Thanks, Lane. Yeah. So anyway... <laughs> He called me out and I said, no, I naturally am about not being in, on this. You know, I want to be, yeah. like my comfort level is not being here. But right. again, if you do it a few times, you start to get a comfort level. And if you go with a helpful heart, I know that I'm helping. You're being authentic too. Everybody wants authenticity. And that's when I learned that I could be authentically myself yes. and be successful. So if I were really talking to an agent who came in at either at the same time as me, where we were kind of boxed, if you're not this, then you're not going to be that, yeah. you know? And so I kind of bought into that a little bit. If you're coming into this business, then don't buy into that. Be authentically yourself. I mean, honestly, everybody wants an authentic person in their life. They, they want the real so, human to show up. Yeah. And that's what I loved about you. You were authentic that day. And I think that's what I connected with. I think because you basically kind of told us that you didn't really want to speak and you did speak, but I could tell that you weren't as comfortable being the center of attention. And I thought, okay, he's comfortably himself. I want to be authentic like that. So I appreciated that. That's really cool. Thanks. Do you have any questions for me today? No, I mean, honestly, I I was thinking, I thought of a lot um, when I was up there, but now we've talked about this so we, long. We, so what would you, what would you say to somebody who's coming in that kind of was in my place? Yeah. You know, how would you deal with that again? Yeah, I think it's, so like, you know, we have, we have, um, the way we're raised, we get all this, I call it mom and dad head trash talk. And it could be anybody in your life. It could have been an ex-husband. It could have been an ex-wife. It could have been whatever. But they're, they're all things that were chirping in our ears telling us that we're not good enough mm-hmm. or what we've, like what we've done wrong. And I think the thing is, is to like really understand where we're at and knowing that we can be way more. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering what did you, I'm not seeing me per se, but when you go out and you're looking, because I would love to do for others what you've done for me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't even know how you did it for me, like what you might have been looking for or what you saw or what the connection was. Yeah. You know, so I can't imagine that there aren't a ton of copies out there. I mean, I had to change everything from my brokerage. Yeah. You helped me do a, you know, run my business plan, my numbers, my brokerage, my just everything in general and 
and look at my life has changed. So I would love to do that for others and be able to recognize that. And I don't know if I honestly, to be honest with you, I don't know if I truly would recognize that. So I'm wondering like what it was that sparked. So just like an authentic conversation and really getting focused on the other person. So remember, somebody just asked me recently, they said, what, how do you know if they're really super selfish? I know very quickly now. I didn't know before, and I would invest hours upon hours in someone. Mm -hmm. If there's never ever a question back to me to understand about me, mm -hmm. then I know I'm dealing with typically a selfish human that I, I'm gonna probably not have a long relationship with. Okay. I'll gladly help that person, right. but I'm not gonna invest in them. And our conversation was pretty real, but you just didn't, it wasn't all about you. So I, I poured into you to, uh, to learn about you because I was just, I was going with a helpful mindset. Like yeah. maybe there's one thing in this person's life that maybe she just needs some help with that maybe I can help with. And that's how I go into a, a conversation with someone. But I also know that if it's all Jack pouring into that human during that, during that encounter, there's a good chance there's a huge level of selfishness and I need to stop allowing those people to steal my time. Okay. So if you go in with the heart of help, like the servant leadership, yeah, just ask questions. Yeah, and I was very, I tried to be mindful, although I have to be honest, because I do, I feel like your time is so valuable. All of our that, time is. Yeah, yeah but, well, when somebody is helping you in that particular moment, you're kind of focused on that person. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciated how much, you, you gave me a lot of time that was very valuable. Yeah. And so, you know, I would love to be able to do the same thing back for you in some way. So do it to some to help somebody else out. Yeah. So like somebody that's new in the industry, they want to be a part of your world or just learn and, and really grow, pour into them. So what got you started in real estate? Um, I would love to know Probably that. like Think and Grow Rich, Robert Kiyosaki had another business, made some pretty decent money and realized that I want to put my, um, my army to work, my dollars okay. to go work for me and, you know, buying some rentals, um, subdividing a farm. And that, that kind of happened actually accidentally. Uh, we have bought a 102 acre farm oh, wow. in Southern York County and my wife and I got pregnant our number one and really just it was one of those things where like life was pretty freaking awesome we decided to get pregnant kind of mostly <laughs> I, I think we kind of did we had another house we were living in fixing up this old 1790s farmhouse that didn't have running water or anything and realized you know what I don't necessarily like we just realized maybe we don't want to bring our child into that 1790s home because okay. of like scared of lead paint and all the things right. that they scare you of as a, as a becoming a parent right so we subdivided that and i was like hmm and it was a it was a painful incredible experience because our goal was to be on a hundred some acre farm right but we were giving that up to have a child in our minds okay and and we went and built a house um and like that's kind of how that happened. I was like, man, I used that money to do this, and then started buying some rentals. It's like, yeah, this investment thing's pretty cool. So we're very fortunate in that world, and then started a real estate investment company. While I had my other business rocking, and then finally shut that down. Sold 
what was left of that, and then just really started real estate investments. Okay. And then got into the real estate sales teams. And what is your favorite part, just out of curiosity of real estate in general? So I like helping people like get that deal or mm -hmm. helping them um, you know, grow sales professionals that achieve a very high level. So I think that's, that's my main passion. Mm -hmm. um, I really didn't want to do another flip or another wholesale deal until Colin on our teams came to me and said, you know, at age 18, he was like three years ago and says, you know, I want to do some investments. Mm -hmm. And I go, and I got excited because he got excited and it was about helping Colin. Oh, so that okay. was my, that got us back into it. Okay. Not that we weren't, like we were still buying some stuff, but I, I had no passion for it. Oh, okay. Done with contractors. You know, we were flipping 22 houses at a time and I was running the, I was buying, selling and running those renovations. Okay. <laughs> so how did you get into Sandler? Just out of curiosity, was it prior to real estate? It was. Or? Okay. Yeah. So I, I owned some properties, um, but I was in my manufacturer's rep agency uh, business okay. where we we're selling um, components and machinery for uh, manufacturers that process paper, film, and foil in a roll format okay. and a little bit in the machine tool industry. And um, there was a company I was selling for out of Delaware, and they introduced us to Sandler Sales a company out of Philadelphia. And I was like, man, I really love what this is about. But I didn't match up with the gentleman out of Philadelphia. Okay. And I, fa I, I discovered Ed Staub in uh, York, Pennsylvania, and he had the uh, franchise. And we connected. And, man, I put a lot of people through that and have helped them become crazy successful in sales and business yeah. by following that Sandler sales method. Yeah. And staying within the system. So that, that's I, how that happened. It definitely. And you got introduced you. to it. Yeah. I'm still reading the book and trying to work through it and whatnot, yeah. but it's helped a lot. Um, I loved on our call, you gave us that word of the day or that phrase of the day. So I'm working on doing that. I bought that book as well. Um, but okay. So you've built this successful, you know, team. Mm -hmm. What would you tell me would be one or two things that I should do to build mine? Be a great manager of humans. Okay. And accountability. If you can do that, along with process and systems, you are way, 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 way far ahead of everybody else that just says, I'm going to build a team. Okay. Um, so I'm great at the processes and systems. Okay, beautiful. But the, <laughs> so I need to find a, a way of, of holding people accountable, I guess. Yep. And it could be as simple as, Staying in the CRM mm -hmm. and tracking numbers and reporting them back to you as a leader. Okay. And making sure that we're holding them accountable to that standard that we, everybody sets, helping them set their goal okay. so that you help them achieve it. That's that accountability, showing up for meetings, showing up for all of the times that we're together as a team. And like that's that accountability and then managing humans. Okay. It, it is not cheerleading. Okay. It is not letting them know that, oh, my gosh, you're, good. you're a rock star you're gonna, right. or, or whatever that is. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's beautiful to have cheerleaders in our life. Right. But it is not all rainbows and butterflies. Right. And the accountability has to come into play so we can hold people to a standard. Yeah. Those three things, uh, you're way ahead. Again, because I get to meet a lot of teams and team leaders that don't have operations in play. They're big picture guys like myself or young ladies that are saying, oh, my gosh, we're going to do this. They don't have anybody to implement it. That's right. my Sarah Kane. Mm -hmm. And having that operations. Okay. If, you, see, if you have those things, you'll be able to scale. So if I asked you the top three things that you look for in an agent that you're bringing onto your team, what would you say? 
So we always look at disk profile. That mm -hmm. is not the that is not the one hundred percent decider for me. Mm -hmm. um, but we're looking for a decent level D, like, uh, and we could go a high driver. I the intro or not the introvert. The um, I call it the uh, the ability to. Uh, the, the life of the party. Like, okay. I, want, I want an outgoing human. Okay. Um, I don't want a high C where that's taken them forever to process. Okay. So I'm looking at disc profile initially. Okay. And now I want somebody that's coachable and moldable. That's all together. Okay. Okay. And then the integrity aspect of it. They're going to okay. show up and be held accountable. Okay. We have those three. I don't care how well trained you are in sales. If you follow the systems and you just make the calls and prospect, even if your conversations suck, yeah, you'll be successful. All right. I love the integrity part. I need to add that to my list because I think that's, I want somebody, no matter what happens or how hard it gets, they're going to step up to the plate and say, okay, how do we fix this? Not... I don't, I don't want somebody who's going to pass the buck on to, well, this happened. Well, I don't need to know all of that. What I need to know is what are we going to do about it? And is this the truth? You know, like, so yeah. that's part of that integrity part that I like. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, there's, there, there's times when we all struggle with it because we yeah. don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Um, I know there's times when I do for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take that with me. But those are things that can help <laughs> you grow your business. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, when you tell me to do something, as you've told me, I do it. Like I'm coachable. You well, told me to do something. I, I think I'm it was funny. And, and again, we right here on this show, like we're brand agnostic. <laughs> we're at the same brokerage. I don't even yeah. need to mention it. But here's the thing. We looked at a business plan for Kathy Powell. And where you were, like you do, you're doing good business. It made sense yeah. at the time. And then we had a conversation and we looked at the business plan part of it. Yeah. And it became like, very glaring uh, like yeah <laughs> yeah it was glaring for me because to be honest with you <clears throat> i'd always looked at a business plan from a different perspective but when i sat down with you and you did the numbers and then you were showing me i was like okay this doesn't it made sense for me as a single agent but it didn't make sense for me as a team at that time so yeah i appreciated that and now it does yeah, yeah it absolutely does yeah, yeah. i actually really love real i mean you get on it we we have an office that we rent yeah. but i don't feel alone because at any given time i can get on the dashboard i can call you and sarah or i mean i feel like i have a lot of support there so yeah, there's, a, the there's a lot of people in our world too like yeah you, you have incredible support there again i this is not a a, a, no. a, a brand type of uh or, or anything about real yeah but no matter where you are, get in proximity with those that can help you. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, that we, energy we, is so we, important. We do that mastermind every two weeks and we bring people from all different brokerages. I don't care where you're at. Yeah. We're in different worlds and yeah. we just try to help. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. Cool. Yeah, well, Kathy so Powell. Much. Thank you so much. I am super grateful that <laughs> Kathy Powell joined us today on the Lair podcast. So please. If you're in the Bel Air, Maryland area and you are new to real estate or you're moldable and shapeable and want to take your business to the next level, <laughs> Kathy Powell, please hit her up. Her information will be here. Please like, subscribe, comment. And I'm super grateful that Kathy Powell told me today. Make your day great.